This is Joshua Belt with A Kilt in the Cloth. This was my sermon from November 13th, 2022, entitled, Oh Happy Day, as we discuss the Hebrew Bible prophet Isaiah discussing what it would look like with the new Jerusalem and the new earth. I hope you enjoy, and God bless. You're going to notice a theme for the next couple weeks, well, actually the last couple weeks, that I like to talk about Hebrew Bible prophets before we get to Advent. Not in the sense of that the Hebrew Bible prophets are prophesying as Jesus as our Messiah, but more importantly, about a generation of people that tried to find hope in a time that doesn't seem to bring it. In a world that likes to cause conflict. Today's such scripture is just like that. So hear now the reading of Isaiah chapter 65, verses 17 through 25, found in your pew Bibles on page 659. For I'm about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall be the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days. Or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years will be considered a youth. And one who falls short of a hundred will be considered accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. And they shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be offspring, blessed by the Lord and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, the lion shall eat straw like the ox, but the serpent, its food shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. May God bless the reading of God's holy scripture. Amen. This lesson is similar to that of Isaiah chapter 12, though much more expanded and idyllic. In this passage, the prophet Isaiah foresees a time of new things, such as a new heaven, a new earth, a renewed Jerusalem, a new spirit of hope among the people, a lasting peace, and a new season of prosperity in field and hearth and home, where gone is harm and danger. When this day dawns, the prophet says, even the wolf and the lamb will live amicably side by side, causing no harm to anyone. 
It's important that I keep reminding us how a person of this generation, of that particular audience, would have viewed God. You see, God was it. Not like in the pronoun sense, but God was it. Like there was nothing else other than God. God was and God is. When God explains God's self to Moses, he says, well, just give me something. Give me a name. And he says, I am. Well, what does that mean, right? But for them in this culture that the prophet is speaking to, God is the creator. Out of nothing comes life. I think we just take this so for granted. We just think everything just happens. In the Jewish world, God, literally as God was breathing, life was created, and they were enamored ev with every breath that they took. This, this idea that God has and is and ever creates new things. That this time in God's workshop, God is creating something previously never seen on the existing earth and heavens. You might ask yourself, well, how is that any different than what we find ourselves in today? Notice what the prophet says. No child will die. It's hard for us to think about this concept. It's not, it's not good for anyone. In that century, in that time frame, you need to understand that it was way above an 80% infant mortality rate. To live long meant you might get to live to be 45, 50 years old. So the idea that the prophet's saying is, is that there wouldn't be no more of this pain. Speaks to them as much as it does to us today. I don't know if I want to live past 100 though. But this prophet seems to think that's a good idea. That 100 is young. I think Dixie uh, would probably agree with that. In our world, this idea of living forever is not necessarily something, but it's not forever, it says. It's just a longer life, a long, longer opportunity to live in the presence of God. And then it goes on to like what we normally would talk about. We wouldn't have to worry about personal ownership or lands. or We would be filled with joy and happiness. That there would be a general enjoyment of life. And my favorite part that the prophet brings to us is that all of a sudden, in their culture, we would be able to talk to God face to face. For a prophet to say this, this is kind of a big deal. You know, this is the culture that believes that if they hear God speak, they die. If they see God, they die. Be able to talk to God? Like, let's, let's be honest about this. How many of us have said, when I die, I have a whole bunch of questions? Right? This prophet knows. The words of God coming through him is, are saying to the people, there will be a time, a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem, the holy city, right? This is my favorite song. It's the first song I ever learned to sing at a church, was the Holy City. It's this idea. 
So what would it look like if we were to create the perfect world? When I was doing my study, as I was getting my sermon ready to go this week, I came across a commentary of a minister that was telling a story about the very first time that he might have had an image of what this might have looked like. You know, as a minister, we get invited to people's homes uh, where we're getting invited back to homes. Before the pandemic, it was a little bit all the time, but now it's just like whenever that happens. But we were invited to homes. And in that process, this guy kept talking to the minister. Hey, look, if you could just come by my house for 15 minutes, I have something I want to show you. Now listen, I love all of you, and I've loved every congregation I've served, but when somebody says that, you have to be careful. When they say, I have something I want to show you, you have no idea what you're walking into. Sometimes it's really great and cool, and sometimes it's like, oh God, please get me out of here. And this guy kept pestering the senior minister in such a way that said, look, I really want you to see this. It's amazing. It's, I really want you to come by. So finally, the minister goes to the person's house. And just so that you know, this is a part of the story. I don't feel that way. It's the way he wrote it. I, I, I'm not worried about coming to people's homes in any way, shape, or form. But this guy was worried. So he comes in, and the very first thing the guy says is, let's go to the basement. Now, I don't know about you, but every horror movie I've ever seen, nothing good comes out of the basement. Now, that's my uh, critique of this story. So as he's telling the story, he says as he's looking down the steps as he's walking, right, it's the steps that are just the two-by-four across or the four-by-six across, and he's looking down and he's looking underneath the floor to see if there's, and of course, there's a big space so somebody could be hiding underneath those stairs. He gets all the way down to the basement, and then, because he didn't turn the light on, he gets to the bottom, and then he goes, ready? Three, two, one, and he flips the light switch, and there in front of him was this beautiful, Rain set. I mean, complete with mountains and fountains and, and waterfalls and springs and rivers running through it and the train that goes through. And everything was just absolutely amazing. And he says, watch this. And he pushes a button and the train runs through and people are waving because he had figured out how to do all of that. And the, the coal thing is shooting out coal. There's steam coming out of the train engine. And all of a sudden, the minister got it. This was this gentleman's view of heaven. There were no politics on that train set. There was no differences of opinion. Everybody was safe from harm. As the train came on, he felt the presence of the divine in the sense of he created this beautiful image in the way that God had. You see, we, we're the ones that mess it up. We change the creation for our own goods. In this moment, in this preacher's mind, he saw what heaven could look like. Maybe not necessarily a train set, but in the place where everyone, not necessarily had to, but chose to get along. They saw beyond all of the things of the world and became the creation of God that God had intended. We have such a great imagination as to what the world could be like. 
I mean, authors love to do this. Think, think J.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings and, and The Hobbit. There's this massive amount of theology that goes into that. C.S. Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia. Every single aspect of that talks about people dealing with their faith. And yes, they're imaginary characters, but in their idea, in the end, good triumphs over evil. There will be a day where God is amongst us again and we're able to talk. And there'll be a new heaven, a new earth. Something beautiful that the world has never, ever even comprehended. We get a glimpse of this in our own faith when we talk about the way that Jesus is in our life. Jesus alludes to things that are beyond our comprehension. I go to prepare a, many, a house of many rooms, Jesus says. And you know the way to get there. And Thomas, who is a.k.a. us, I don't know the way to get there. I mean, I've only watched you for three years. I don't know what you're talking about. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And if I go to build this place, I'm going to bring you with me. He talks about this in his parables where the rich and the poor live together and they coexist and then they die. And the poor get elevated. And the rich, well, they had their opportunity to take care of the poor and they chose not to. We get to see glimpses of what heaven could be like or this new Jerusalem could be like in the midst of this moment in aspects of Jesus' own life. Jesus becomes the purpose, purposeful action of love that was let loose in a world of brokenness. Isaiah saw dimly and in shadows, not because his vision was unclear or his speech was ambiguous, which it's not, by the way. It's very simplistic and it makes sense. But because of the grandeur of what God had accomplished for us, remembering that story in Isaiah as Jesus becomes that new vision, that new light for us, Hopefully we are able to see into the gospel of Jesus with the aid of his vision. And in return, we see his vision as that of the final report of God's ultimate purposes for the world. Where we all can claim, oh happy day. It's this idea, this image of God through Jesus Christ, where we finally get to understand. And as a people that believe in that moment. A new spirit of hope among the people, a lasting peace, and a new season of prosperity in field and hearth and home. Where gone is harm and danger, and when this day dawns, even the wolf and the lamb will live amicably side by side, causing no harm to anyone. In the name of the Creator, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.